0: inspiration and marketing ideas for you and your business Hello, and thanks for listening to this Aspiring Your Biz podcast. For most of you listening, you already know the sound of my voice, but for those who don't, I am the host for Shan. Now, today's guest loves using her own experiences to better other people's lives. She likes to help people to believe in themselves and love who they are. She's very passionate about working with women, and at one point in her life, verbal abuse and domestic violence was the norm. She uses her strength and skills to help p- people to transform their lives and achieve amazing results this is Steffi Martin. Hi Steffi.
1: Hi and thank you so much for having me and for this lovely introduction.
0: Oh it's all right no worries. How are you today?
1: I'm very good. I'm very excited that we got to do the podcast today so yeah I'm very pleased. That's
0: good. So Steffi I want you to share with us today your story if that's all right and I think that will make people really understand why you do what you do.
1: Yes absolutely I, I grew up in Romania and my parents had me when I was really young. They had me, my mom was 19 and a half when she had me. And I think they, they must have got married way too early because my dad was definitely not ready for a marriage. So growing up, I saw a lot of domestic violence. I saw a lot of verbal abuse. I heard a lot of swearing and a lot of stuff that kids shouldn't really, shouldn't really be exposed to because that leaves such a powerful mark on us And we grow up and then we have all sorts of issues. And unless we deal with them and we realize where they started, we're going to have them forever. So, yeah, growing up, I've seen problems with money. And that made me, as a person, made me not want to ask even for money to go on a school trip when I was a kid, up to about the age of... I think my parents had quite serious problems until I was about 11 or 12. And that's when my mom got pregnant with my sister. So there's a very big gap between the two of us. And I think that's the point... Where my dad stopped. Well, that's definitely the point where he stopped being uh, physically abusive, and then he started just seeing stuff. He just he just changed. I think having a new baby in the house that made a very big difference, and we had a lot of family coming to visit, and they would say, they, they would just like it just changed the atmosphere. Just having a bubbly baby around that just changed everything. since then, obviously, it got better. But up to up to that point. I remember so many stories about things that left such an impact on me. For example, one of them was when my dad came home and he, I don't know, they started arguing and I was only maybe six or seven. And he locked himself with mom in one of the bedrooms and he would hit her and she wouldn't want to make any noise because she didn't want the neighbors to hear anything. And I was on the other side of the door screaming my head off. Telling her telling him to leave her alone and open the door and he wouldn't open the door until he was done, so yeah th- things like that made me want to do what I'm doing now and I really really like it makes my hair stand up when I see domestic violence when I hear people be abusive to to other people and most most of it I know a lot of men get abused, but we see mostly this happening to women and this this is very, very close to my heart, and that's why I started coaching women. And I'm, I want to do, I've had a meeting with a, with a forum tutor at my sister's school because I want to do talks in schools as well to educate the kids on what abuse actually is because I have the, the impression that these days people consider abuse only something very, 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 how should I put this, very serious. Like they would only consider abuse if someone hits you and that is not the case. Like Abuse starts a lot earlier. Like Hitting someone is the last, the last resort of abuse, if that makes sense. So that's what I'm doing. I'm really, I'm really, really passionate about it. I'm also a bit scared at the same time because tackling such a subject, is, it's a tough matter. It's not easy. You have to have a lot of courage. You have to be very confident in order to go out there and start talking about these things because they seem to be brushed under the carpet quite a bit. But I've got a lot of support. Everyone around me who knows what I'm doing and who, who's known me for a while, they're very supportive and they're very nice and they encourage me to keep going forward. And obviously, they remind me that what I'm doing is amazing, which sometimes feels like, oh my God, what did I let myself into? But you know what? When you have a passion, you have to you have to go through with it, and it's it's what makes me do what I'm doing. Otherwise, I would just have a normal job and go to work, come back home, have the life that my mom had, and that's about it. Um, And the other thing that I wanted to point out was that my mom, at some point in her relationship with my dad, she started doing business. She started doing trading between the neighboring countries that are next to Romania. And she, I could see in her like a strong woman. I could see that she had the drive. I could see that she didn't need my dad at any point. If she wanted to make her own life better by herself, She could do that. But because of that psychological abuse, all of the things that my dad told her almost every day for all of those years, they they almost made her feel like she can't survive without him. Although she was really doing everything because he wanted to be out of the house the whole time. And she would look after me. She would look after the house. She would even run her little businesses. And my dad wouldn't even be there. So just to see how impactful the words that someone tells you every day are in someone's life, it just makes me want to just go out there and tell these women that they can do so much more and they don't need to be in that situation. And there is support for them. And this is my other reason for doing what I'm doing. I just feel that there isn't enough support. Not that I feel, I'm actually convinced there is not enough support for women who are abused. I know there are many charities, but I just feel like it needs to go into the mainstream. It needs to go on the news. It needs to be taught in schools. I think it would make a much bigger difference if if people were educated, if kids were educated, because obviously kids grow up to be adults, right? So if they grow up in a family where they see what I've seen, they have two options or two possibilities, should I say. One of them is to do exactly what they've seen the parents doing. And the other one is to be like me, where I went the complete opposite. And I didn't stay at any point in a bad relationship. As soon as I felt like there's a sense of abuse, I would just get myself out of there. And I put my foot down when people tried anything like that with me. So I'm lucky and I'm blessed and I, I feel really grateful for, for being this way and for instead of following in the same footsteps, for having the courage to stand out and to say, no, this is not how I want it to be. This is not normal. This shouldn't happen this way and not settle for that kind of stuff. I'm doing what I'm doing and I got this far with, with my life. But if, but not everyone is so strong, not everyone is so blessed to have the mindset that I had and not everyone was is so stubborn as I was that if I wasn't happy in a situation, even if I had a harder life after, I would still get out of that situation. So, yeah, this is my story.
0: So, obviously, some people um, who are in a similar experience, both men and women, in a relationship with abuse, they often feel like they can't get out. So, what would you say to someone who feels like that?
1: What I would say to them is take a piece of paper, put down on this paper what is what, what, what would make you stay in the relationship and put, put on the other side what makes you want to get out of the relationship and really have a, a look at that list, acknowledge the situation for what it is. I really want people to not feel hard on themselves in that case because... That would be another reason for them to stay there because they feel like, well, I've been here all this time. Why would I even bother to get out? Like, what's different out there? But when, when you put it down on paper and you see, why do I want to get out of here? Because he's hitting me, because he's swearing at me, because he makes me feel like I have no value. And da, da, da. And then you see, what's the reason for me to stay here? Fear alone or I'm scared. You can, you can always work on that. When, once you make a decision that you want to change something and you voice that decision. I think that is the the first step. So my my when people sit down on paper what's bad in a relationship and what's good in a relationship, it makes it a lot clearer to them and it empowers them a lot in order to make a decision.
0: And also, um, being in that sort of environment, you obviously, sometimes you kind of fall into a trap, don't you, of like negative thinking and feeling overwhelmed. So when people have those sort of emotions, like how can they get out of that?
1: Yes, that is that is the biggest danger of being in a situation like that because you fall into, like, it's almost like one of those sand things that they just keep on pulling. The harder you try to get out, the, the more they pull you down. But in that case, you have to... Just observe a little bit the situation. Look at, how, look at how you react to stuff. Look at how something that you choose to do will attract something else and see if those things actually make you stay there or make you feel better.
0: And obviously as well, in that, sort of, in, in that sort of environment, in that relationship, you, you kind of tell yourself, don't you? We're not all people, but some people kind of tell themselves, I've heard a lot about it, that they just don't feel good enough. And that's sometimes a reason that causes them to stay in those sort of relationships. So what would you say to someone who feels like they just, they just don't feel good enough in themselves?
1: Yes, if someone thinks that they're not good enough, I would just ask them to really pay attention to, is it really that they're not good enough? Or did they achieve a lot of things in their life, but they've been made to feel that way because someone has been drumming into their head that they're nothing without them or they're not good enough or what would they do? I think it's, it's just a matter of awareness. As soon as you become aware that you're not happy in a situation, you start seeing, hold on a second, how did I get here? What happened along the way that made me feel this way? And I would really ask them questions about how... How I would ask them actually to ask themselves, I'd probably just give them a few suggestions or of questions they should ask themselves as to, to really discover if they really are not good at something or if they are, but they were made by other people to feel that way. And when they get to that part, they can see actually, this is, this is not the fact that I'm not good enough. It's this person who's trying to make me feel this way so that I don't leave them.
0: And obviously, like with your mum, with with your story to do with your mum, she obviously got into trading and got into business. But for some people, they kind of lack self-confidence and self-belief in terms of moving into a business and getting out the nine-to-five job. What would you say to someone, or how could you help someone who needs to improve their self-confidence? What can they do?
1: They can do some simple exercises. If they bring gratitude back into their life, that would give them a little bit of confidence. Say, for example, I always recommend... To the women i work with to do a, a mini exercise for gratitude in the morning to count on their fingers 10 things that they're grateful for like really try hard if you can't find more than five just try really hard to find up to 10 and do that exercise every morning and every evening And it could be the fact that I'm alive. I'm very grateful that I don't live on the road. I'm very grateful that I've got food. I'm very grateful that I have a family because some people are just like they're orphans or something like that. So just think about 10 things that can be very simple and they don't need to be different every day. But obviously every day we do stuff and we have something else to be grateful for. So every day you could find a few new things to add to the list. So that's one exercise. And the other exercise I would encourage them to do is to say five things five nice things to themselves so say i really like myself because i'm caring i really like that i look after my body i really like that i look after my kids anything like that that would give them a bit of a a sense of of feeling good about themselves that would raise their confidence So doing that every day for a while it would build up their confidence, and then they get to a stage where they're happy and ready to take on a bigger task, say, for example, if they want to leave the relationship or if they want to start a business.
0: Mm. And earlier, you mentioned that you're now going into schools, which is fantastic. So can you tell us a bit more about that?
1: Yes, I had the meeting with the year, with the head of Year 12. What I want to do is create a series of talks where I, I talk about communication, about approach, and about what abuse actually means, and I want the kids to understand that how they behave could, could, could encourage someone to abuse them and how they can stand up for themselves and how their communication affects sometimes what happens to them. I think the kids, in, the kids these days, I, mean, I think everyone needs to learn some different things in school. And in school, they teach you math and English and whatever, whatever. But that actually doesn't prepare you for how to be a good good human, how to actually deal with the situation when that situation comes. Because when these things happen, you don't solve them with math or with English or with geography. So that's, that's, what I, that's one thing I'm going to really go for, and that is educating in schools about behavior, about attitude, about the choice of a reaction that we have to a situation. My sister says that year eight in the school are like the rudest girls. It's a girl's school, by the way. They're rude, they're rude to the teachers, they're violent, they get in fights. These kids have seen these things somewhere. They don't just see them on television and they pick them up. They must have seen it in their family. They must have seen it in their neighborhood. And I'd really love to show them that that's not the solution to whatever they think is the problem.
0: Hmm, that sounds fantastic, so good luck with that. But just now you actually um, mentioned the correlation between the young girls' understanding that what they do can sometimes lead them into a relationship where there is abuse. So what do you think about communication then and how it can influence a relationship?
1: Yes, yeah, say, say for example, young girls or women get into a new relationship and the partner, they meet up and the partner says something offensive to them. Says. Oh, why did why did you wear this top? You don't look good in this top, and because they want to 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 please the partner, they want to. They've just been waiting for a relationship, and this is the first relationship that came around. They probably say, "Oh, okay, I'm not going to wear this top again." At that point, they give the upper hand to the partner. So when when he sees that they actually don't stand stand up for themselves, and they don't say, "You know what? This is." This is my top, and I like to wear what I like to wear. So if you have a problem with my top, I'm really sorry for you, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to wear this top again because I really like this top. So when they don't put their foot down and they don't set basically the record straight, they give them the chance to come and say something a little bit more offensive next time. So when they start doing stuff like that, it's almost like you feel like you have to catch up with so much that you won't, you probably won't stand up for yourself for a long time until it gets too bad. Yeah. So when it comes to communication, be clear. If someone says something to you that you don't like, I'm not saying be rude to them or be aggressive towards them, but ask them, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand what you meant when you said this. Can you please help me understand? Because I'm sure you didn't mean something bad, and I'd really love to, to understand what you mean. You can you can communicate with people and and get what you want from them. Because sometimes it could be a misunderstanding. Sometimes someone could say something that they don't actually mean it to be bad or to be having a negative impact on the other person. But because we didn't ask the question to clarify and say, for example, we were in a rush, we didn't pay enough attention or they didn't express exactly what they wanted to say, we could get to to a situation where there's an argument. But if you ask for clarification and if you say whatever there is, whatever the conversation was, whatever the situation was, if you just ask to, to, to get a clearer picture of that, then that is a much better way. And if there is something that you are not happy about and you don't know how to bring that into the conversation, I always advise people to say to the other person, I'd like to share something with you. I'm not too sure why I'm feeling this way, but I'm a little bit... I'm a little bit concerned about this situation and then tell them what the situation is. Because, you know, when, you, when, you, when someone pushes you, you kind of go towards them. But when someone's pulling you, you tend to go back. So when we, when we make that as neutral as possible, then there's a very small chance of ending in an argument. So I think to make communication effective, you have to come from a very humble, understanding and friendly place.
0: And what's one thing you know now that you wish your younger self knew?
1: Oh my God, I would so, I would, I would have loved to to know that everything is going to be okay. Like there's there's no need to worry so much about things because they will work out.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important one actually. Because we all, especially growing up, the littlest things can really like throw off our whole week or a whole day. But then as you get older, you kind of appreciate that some things you kind of just need to to just leave.
1: Yes. Absolutely.
0: And the very last question, do you have a recommended reading for anyone listening today?
1: Yes. I would like to recommend reading uh, Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. That is a very good book when it comes to communication. Um, The other book that I'd recommend to everyone is a book that makes you very humble. It's written by Viktor Frankl and it's called Man's Search for Meaning. And he's been in the concentration camp in Poland and he survived. He was there for three years, and he was one of the few who survived. So when you read that book, it's going to change the perspective that you have on life and everything, really.
0: So, Steffi, how can people get in touch with you?
1: People can find me online on my website. It's www.steffimartin.com. They can find me on Facebook, Steffi Martin. Um, they can find me on LinkedIn, Steffi Martin, and they can find me on Twitter, Steffi M. Coach, and on Instagram, Steffi Martin Coach.
0: Well, thanks for joining us on today's show, Steffi. It's been really insightful.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased. Connect with us on Facebook at Inspire Your Biz to subscribe to Marketing and Business Tips.